0: Hello and welcome to Mindy the Forest. I'm your host, Jeff Zerang. Mindy the Forest is a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association, where we talk about all things forestry. From landowners to loggers to wood manufacturers, all play an important role in the conservation and management of forests for the important renewable natural resource it is. Managed forests offer more of a wildlife and water protection, so the LFA advocates to keep forests as forests. This episode of Mind of the Forest is sponsored by First South Farm Credit. First South is your premier rural lender. With over 100 years of financing timber and agriculture, they have the expertise you're looking for when financing rural property. If you're looking to purchase or refinance land, call your local First South Farm Credit office or find them online at firstsouthland.com. We have with us Jack McFarland. Jack is the state representative for the Winfield area. He is also a logger, former logger of the year, and former president of the Louisiana Logging Council. Jack, great to have you with us.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. And I'm also uh, chairman of the House Ag Committee, Ag and Forestry Committee.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's something to overlook. Thanks for that. That's all right. Look,
1: it's good for us as loggers.
0: But it is something that in the forest products industry that is beneficial to us because you understand probably better than any of the other colleagues in the legislature what goes on in our industry and what our needs are.
1: Yeah, and the other part of it is, is as someone who sits on appropriations and also has been in the industry for nearly 30 years, the number one ag crop in Louisiana is timber. Uh, We're also the second largest revenue generator for the state uh, in terms of jobs and tax creation and labor and employment. So understanding all that really helps. So how often do you
0: have to explain to your colleagues that This is a vital industry to the state.
1: All the time. Most of them never knew or understood the importance or the significance of the timber industry in Louisiana. You know, more people hear about uh, farm and you hear about sugarcane and cotton and corn and grain. You, You just most people never thought about timber being the largest ag crop or the second largest revenue generator only behind oil and gas.
0: I would imagine the challenge also is as the urbanized areas of the state grow and more representation comes from those areas, that must be a challenge as well. Because It is. Do they have a concept of? They of?
1: don't. Uh, if you talk to my colleagues that live in metropolitan areas, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, um, they really don't. They they occasionally see a log truck on the interstate or somewhere trying to get navigate through Baton Rouge. Uh, But New Orleans is completely uh, unusual. They just don't see it. They don't understand it. And you have to educate them because they don't see the importance. But they also, their viewpoint is it's more of a detriment to the land. And, you know, we're just killing trees. And they don't know that we have a uh, very sophisticated replanting system so that we can continue to harvest trees at a greater number. Uh, they don't understand that for every tree we harvest, many people are replanting as many as 11 to 14 trees per one harvested. So uh, they just don't understand the industry. But they're you know fortunately, I'm there, been there for eight years, and been able to give them a good education. Uh, I guess I'm the first logger that's ever been elected to the legislature that so far that I know of. Um, and I got one more term, and hopefully my constituents will let me go back for my last term. I am running for Speaker of the House. Um, I think it would be significant for not just our industry, but for Central and North Louisiana.
0: Let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> this past session, the finance part of uh, which was the focus of the session, mm-hmm. was it not? And as observers, which we most of us are, we kind of question, okay, how does this happen? There was a constituency in the legislature that wanted to pay off more debt versus paying for even one-time expenditures, because in the long run, it would free up recurring money. And when it's explained that way, it seems pretty commonsensical that if you're working your home budget, that makes sense. Uh, That didn't happen.
1: Part of it did, um, but many of us, I say many, there was a small group of us that had to continue to push that effort. We had to continue to say, no, we won't vote to increase the expenditure limit to increase the expenditure limit takes 70 votes. So as long as 36 of us could hold out, then we were able to say no. You know, there was a concerted effort also to, you know, you you spoke about doing some one-time, spending one-time money. And I understand the argument behind many legislators and, and even some of the public. Well, look, I got a bridge, it's been out, you got the money let's replace this bridge and I agree it needs to be done but it's also gets into the prioritizing one if I vote for that how will I know that bridge will get funded just because I vote and they say okay well DOTD is going to do this until you see it it doesn't happen when it's with government it's, it's not real until it happens I mean and often they can say one thing and end up doing another and You know, that's how we continue to lose the trust of the public. So we did uh, designate about $450 million to infrastructure, uh, roads and bridges. But when you have a $13 billion backlog, $450 million is not a lot of money. So it's misleading to the public to say, you know, we're going to spend this big chunk of money. And, you know, people in the public think that you're going to really see some significant changes. But when you're $13 billion behind on projects, $450 million is just kind of scratching the surface is what I would call it. Now, we did put some stipulations in there. If you're going to spend this money, it's got to go like I wanted. No, I didn't say I wanted. I demanded. I would not vote, would not ask anybody else to vote because I'm also chairman of the conservative caucus and we have 42 members. I wasn't asking anybody to vote unless they were willing to put some stipulations in there that of the $450 million, $150 million had to go to preservation, which is roads and bridges that are already destroyed because they were wanting to spend $450 million on new projects. Well, I don't need a, another lane. I need the two lanes I have now fixed before you start adding four lanes. doesn't make sense, but <clears throat> those were challenges. Um Look, I was pushing for, you know, half the money to go to debt. If you have $2 billion surplus, why not put a half of it to the debt? That would have given us, for an example, we had two, uh, we call un- unfunded accrued liabilities. There are two loans. We could have paid either one of them off. One was a little over $700 million. The other one's a little over $900 million. If we paid a $700 million loan off, we would create about $150 to $170 million in reoccurring revenue. If we paid the $900 and something million dollars loan off, we were only going to generate about $115 to $130 million. Our efforts were, okay, we at least want to pay the $700 million loan off. We would like to also put some toward the other because we wanted half the money. As it ended, we had $700 million going to debt, uh, in doing so, though, to make that happen, we reduced LDH's budget by $100 million, And that's the reason the governor did a line item veto of moving that money around. Just to
0: clarify, LDH is Louisiana Department of Health.
1: Correct. And also, they are the largest part of our budget. And to say that we cut them is what often that the governor and others would like to refer to. We didn't cut them we reduced the amount we were giving them this year. They got more money this year than they got last year, even with a $100 million reduction in their budget. sounds like the
0: early 90s when the phrase draconian cuts came about because you weren't going to get as big of an increase as they
1: wanted. That's right. And then look, in the public, it can be misled easily, when you start using that terminology, we're going to cut their budget. The legislators cut LDH's budget. We're going to take services away from you. Oh, pump the brakes. We reduced the increase you were already getting. So here's a good way to look at it. We were given LDH about a $500 million increase. We just reduced it by $100 million. So they still got a $400 million increase.
0: So still almost a half a billion dollars that... Went to Department of Health.
1: Yeah, and then they turn around and they go get federal dollars. And like for an example, this hundred million was going to generate four hundred to seven hundred million dollars because what the federal government does, I call them drug dealers. <laughs> you give them a hundred million, they'll turn around and give you four hundred million. Now that sounds great, but they only do that for four years, or maybe for two years, or maybe for five years, and they put they attach strings to it that force you to do things that meet their guidelines that. You and I as public and citizens aren't going to like, but we don't know that because we don't realize that they attached all these strings. Now, what happens when you start giving someone for four or five years, you start providing this service and it's costing, actually costing $400 million to provide that service statewide. Only the state's putting up a hundred million when the government says, okay, we're no longer providing that match. Well, how do you stop the services? Because now you're already providing that service to the public. So, the gov- federal government takes their money back. Now the states on the hook for the entire four hundred million to continue to provide that same service. You know, Jeff, when I got first got in the legislature, I, you know, I had no idea all these things were going on. Mm-hmm. I, I had some ideas of you know uh, what I felt like was misle- misleading and corruption, but this is. This is just un—it's un, unbelievable. I mean, and when I learn about it, it, it's hard to educate the public because the media is not going to be on my side. They're not going to help me go out and spread the word. Hmm. And to sit down and have a conversation like me and you are, often I don't—I don't have this much time to sit down and explain it to everyone. Right? I only get a couple seconds, or I got to try to do it in social media, which is it's just not possible. I mean, you put a message out and somebody takes it and they interpret it one way. And next thing you know, you got a whole thread that didn't have anything to do with what you're trying to talk about.
0: Almost sounds like some (laughs) bills that go through the legislature. It
1: sounds just like them. Yeah, it does.
0: And someone may question, okay, what's the importance of of this with the forest products industry? Well, for one, let's revisit the one-time money that was was to spent on, be spent on mm-hmm. projects those are bridges that your log trucks that's right can pass over or can't pass over now and and i remember past conversations we've had even although that money may be approved and it goes mm-hmm. through the, the process of everything you're still looking at years before the bridge or road is actually done is that correct
1: yes so give you an example i got one bridge that's been out for a little over two years and even though i've been able to push an effort make an effort push the money around get the money designated for that bridge now we still have to do environmental studies engineers still have to get all the approval we'll come to find out this one bridge is over a national scenic creek not even a river it's a creek but it's on the National Scenic Registrar. So now the bridge has to be built to federal standards and you have to do federal environmentals. You you just delayed the project by another one to two years just by having to meet those guidelines and the cost just went up. So now I got to put more money with the project. And, you know, the public, all they know is, is their bridge is out and they're having to drive around. Log trucks can't cross it. They're going around and ultimately the landowner loses money because they're not getting as much money for their product because somebody's got to compensate the logger for having to drive around the closed bridge when all along the landowner paid property taxes the logger paid sales taxes on the fuel and all the other items associated with harvesting is timber and then you have the uh, the mill who's also had to pay the same property taxes or even the same fuel taxes and all the other things associated with getting that timber, getting it to the mill, and getting it finished and making a product. So, you know, it, it's very disconcer- uh, very concerning, but uh, it's very misleading often to the public because it's so complicated. And why do we complicate it?
0: That is a good question. I think many folks will, will ask that simply even on their – Taxes, you know why couldn't it be a simpler process to just pay what taxes you're that you owe i mean it it it's always a process that well, maybe you need an accountant to help you, or mm-hmm. well, did I take this deduction because I have that opportunity to to do that? The end result is the public, as you said, just kind of wonders what the heck's going on and, and why can't the process be a simpler process that we can understand, and we don't have to be explained every which different way. You know of, of how this is how this can occur.
1: You know, Jeff, when I got to the legislature, and uh, I made a concerted effort to be appointed to the Ch- appropriations committee, so to manage the budget for the state, uh, appropriate those dollars. It took me one year just to learn all the acronyms that the state utilizes. It's unbelievable. And I mean, you can sit down and they don't just, you don't just walk in and somebody gives you a list. You have to learn that on your own. It's not like you get a lesson. It's not like there's a plan. It's not like a class you can take. Uh, You you just, you don't get anything. After that, um, by the time you get a good understanding of just the acronyms and what's being said, you start getting a relationship, you start understanding, working with the fiscal division. We have a whole floor in the Capitol designated to the House fiscal division. And all their job is, is each one of them takes an agency and a department, and they have to sit down and go through their budget, educate themselves, and then we have to educate it. But my point to that is, is I've been, it took me four years to get my hands around the budget and understand what's going on. Now, I was able to do, and the reason I was more successful at saying, okay, wait a minute, governor proposed he wanted to spend $100 million on debt. Well, I want to spend $900 million on debt. And how is that going to affect us? What will it cover? You, You don't know those things. You you have to do the research, or either you have to sit on appropriations and been exposed to it, and then you understand it. Now I'm going into my last term. Uh, if the folks in District 13 are gracious enough to let me be elected one more time, now I have the most understanding. I will be in senior leadership, and hopefully— with a Republican governor, we will uh, be able to make some reductions and change the way we, our budgetary process is managed and make those significant changes that the, our constituents and the public want us to make. But it is challenging uh, just getting the education of it, I, understanding where all the money comes from, where it goes. I mean, I, I didn't know we had the kind of debt we have in Louisiana. You have a $2 billion surplus, and you had a surplus last year, and everybody thinks, well, you're doing great. Yeah, but you still got all these debts. And with government, the problem is is when you have more money, you spend more money, and then you're creating reoccurring debt. Give an example, teacher pay raises. It's a reoccurring debt. You give more money to LDH. Now you've created a reoccurring debt. You give more money to the Department of Ag. It's a reoccurring debt. You give more money to transportation, it's a reoccurring debt.
0: One thing that folks may be unaware of is in government, if an agency is efficient and doesn't spend the money allocated to them, they're likely not to get as much money. But if you spend every dollar and maybe even go a little bit past that, then you're basically rewarded with a bigger budget the next year is that, that i mean that's my that, understanding that, is that, that right
1: that's the way it's been working and so we had uh we've had legislation every year since i've been there to stop that to say okay well we can only spend 97 percent of what we spent last year or 98 percent of what we spent last year that is the only way we can ever rein in government agencies from doing exactly what you're talking about and they it's they do it. I mean, they're just people. I mean, it's human nature. They see at the end of the year they got $100 million left in their bank account, but they're going to find a way to spend it. And $100 million is a little excessive. Most of them don't ever find that much. But to be realistic, twenty five to $30 million is not uncommon for one of the agencies to have left in their budget going at the end of the year. Um, and often, sometimes it's got to do with um, – you know, vacancies where you, you weren't able to hire someone to fill a vacancy. And give an example, Department of Child and Family Services, DCFS, they have 427 vacancies. Well, if you figure up the salaries and the benefits associated with 427 employees that you hadn't been able to hire, but yet I budgeted, I gave you the money to hire them this year. Well, at the end of the year, you got all that money left over. So, in some of those instances, they don't get to go out and spend it all, but don't make no mistake—they will chip away at it. Then we have what we call a carry forward, so we will continue to allow them to carry that same amount of money forward, and we will allow for those 427 vacancies again. But you know, it, it's it's not—it's a very complicated budgeting process, and government accounting is not like. When you and I sit down at our dining room, our kitchen table with our spouse and say, okay, how much money we got? How many bills can we pay? Will there be any money left over for savings? How much are we short? What can we do to reduce, cut back? It's not that away. way because when the, the government is short, they just keep coming back to you as a taxpayer saying, hey, I need a little bit more of your money
0: we are in an election year as you you've mentioned so that's going to make things a bit interesting in the fall Mm -hmm. looking to next year assuming that you make it back to baton rouge your district sends you back what are some of the things that we'll be looking to to try and help out with i know we've long talked about insurance loggers you know better than anyone else the the troubles with insurance that they have even homeowners, homeowners insurance policies have gone up greatly, mostly because of the storms. I would imagine, but yeah. uh, we're still looking at insurance being a huge issue in Louisiana, and it doesn't seem like that's going to let up anytime soon. So,
1: no. And what you're seeing now is, as I you know, I meet with other legislators from other states. We we have those meetings as well, and we discuss the challenges in those states. Sometimes they're not unique to us and not unique to them. It's something we share. And what we're seeing is in all of our neighboring states, their insurance rates are doing exactly what a ours has been doing. And they're quickly catching up to us. And, um, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is attorney advertising. Um, when, if you tell somebody enough times that if you're in a car wreck, I'm gonna, I can get you a million dollars, then when you're in a car wreck, what do you do? First thing you do is call that person. Because you remember, because you've heard it enough, hmm. and yeah. that drives up insurance rates and, you know, the false allegations, high, high um, insurance costs, but, I mean, the high insurance costs associated with the health care part of it as well. What I would expect is, is if you have new legislature, you're going to have new governor, I think you'll see a concerted effort to reform some of our insurances, Some of the policies that we've been pushing for the last eight years will, I think, have an opportunity to advance because they'll be, you know, have a different person in the governor's office. I think you'll look at attorney advertising. You'll look at a lot of the other insurance and tax needs that we have, and there'll be a concerted effort. You know, there's a lot of things going on in society that are not just tax and dollar related that people are concerned about. Uh, Some of those are our constitutional rights um, as associated with the Second Amendment. Uh, A lot of people in a lot of states have pushed uh, constitutional carry laws. Uh, Louisiana, we've been unsuccessful. Uh, The governor vetoed it a year ago, and um, he did pass one part of it, and it was for veterans. You know, veterans uh, can carry open carry now or constitutionally carry, carry anywhere, but there is a nationwide effort, Many states have passed it. We, we failed once again this year to have constitutional carry. You can still get a permit because to carry in another state, you're going to have to have a permit. And that's if the other state practices a reciprocity that we we participate in with them. And then <clears throat> you, you're seeing a lot, a, a significant movement with uh, uh, the gender-related bills of legislation As it relates to influencing children when it comes to making decisions based upon their gender identity, uh, what you call them, their pronouns, as they like to say, Um, I think that you're going to see a significant effort next year to eliminate a lot of that. So this legislature, uh, I believe, is progressing, and I think the next one will progress even further toward more conservative values that are more representative of where louisiana is as it relates to its neighbors but i think that having new leadership in the house and the senate and in the governor's office will significantly change the direction we're heading
0: have we talked about everything that you'd like to bring up is there another subject that you had thought about that we hadn't talked about
1: it's an election year gonna see a lot of posturing um i think you'll see Uh, A lot of promises made, and I discourage people from making those promises because once you get in there and you fully find out what uh, the budget is and how the process works, you'll find out a lot of those promises you made, although good intention, are not even possible.
0: Incredible. Jack McFarland, a logger, former president of the Louisiana Logging Council, also um, state representative for District 13 out of Winfield. Jack, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Mind of the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. This episode of Mind of the Forest was sponsored by First South Farm Credit. First South is your premier rural lender. With over 100 years financing timber and agriculture, they have the expertise you're looking for when financing rural property. If you're looking to purchase or refinance land, call your local First South Farm credit office or find them online at firstsouthland.com. If you'd like to learn more about sustainable forestry, the LFA and its programs are how you can be part of an organization that supports landowners, loggers and wood manufacturers in the state, go to laforestry.com. You can also send comments or suggestions to me via email at jzerang at laforestry.com. That's J Z E R I N G U E at laforestry.com. Or check out the show notes for our contact information. And remember, at the Louisiana Forestry Association, we're minding the forest for you.